Well, this morning is, uh, as somebody mentioned earlier, it's, it's Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is a recognition of the day in which Jesus came through into Jerusalem. It was at a time just a week before his death and resurrection. So it's a very special week. This week is uh, a week in which many celebrate the various points at which Jesus suffered during this week. Um, so we want to look at that, and I thought, you know, let's, let's just read the story. This would be okay. Be okay with you? <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, I'm glad. Oh, one other thing. Uh, starting next week, we'll be releasing an uh, audio version of We Have Decided, the book based on seven declarations, seven prophetic words by Ivan Tate. Uh, Ryan and I have recorded those sessions, and we'll be releasing them on audio books. So look in your email starting next week. You'll receive one a week, uh, a different chapter every week, and um, enjoy that. Uh, I would encourage you to get the book, too. It's in the bookstore. It's very inexpensive. Just pick it up so you'll have it. You can read it along with seeing it. You know that our, our gates of receiving things are multiple, and when we receive them in multiple ways, we, we hold on to them better. So both hearing and seeing would be significant. So I encourage you to do that. They're in the bookstore there. It's called We Have Decided... Looks like that. All right. And again, watch, your, watch for your email. It will be coming uh, probably midweek uh, each of the weeks. You're so quiet this morning. That's encouraging. That is encouraging, yes. Okay. Somebody said this morning, are you speaking this morning? I said, well, it's my hope. Um, here we go. Triumphant, triumphant. Triumph, Jesus coming into Jerusalem. <laughs> what is going on this morning? My goodness. <laughs> yep. Mm. Water's really good. This is Fiji water, by the way. Fiji water. Oh, here we go. When he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem, and it came to pass when he drew near to Bethphage, And Bethany at the mount called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing in it? Why are you letting it go? Thus you shall say to them, because the Lord has need of it. So those who are sent went, and they found it just as he said to them. I mean, I got so many questions about just those few verses. Like, how do you know it's a cult that nobody sat on? I mean, like, it's like they're a sign. I don't know. Others, yeah, well, never mind. <laughs> but as they were untying the cult, the owner said to them, why are you untying my cult? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the cult, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with loud voice for all the mighty works they had had seen him do, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called out to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Now as he drew near, 
he saw the city and he wept over it, saying, if you had known, say this with me, if you had known, even you especially in this your day, say your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Now listen to this. Because you did not know the time of your visitation. This is your day. If you had known it was your day. But because you didn't know the day. You didn't know the time of your visitation. There's a couple other uh, translations. The Message Bible says it this way. Because you didn't recognize and welcome God's personal visit. NIV says, because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. So let me, let me state it, it, rephrase it a little bit. You didn't recognize this event as a God invitation. You didn't understand the moment. You didn't perceive the opportunity. You didn't awaken to him encountering your world. Jerusalem was living in a time where prophetic words were coming to pass. I mean, they were right in the middle of prophetic fulfillment. All the Old Testament had spoken about the Messiah, and now he's standing in front of him. Now he's walking through the gates. And, and Joel, I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, Zechariah and Daniel actually predicted the very day. Zechariah even talking about him coming on a donkey. And they're seeing all of this, and they missed it. They were living in prophetic fulfillment and didn't see it. Missed it all. God was encountering their world in a very profound way and they didn't awaken to the moment. And this is what I want to talk about this morning. Awakening to God encounters. God encounters. Let me ask you a question. Who, how many of you in the house today have had a significant God encounter in the last two weeks? Lift your hands. I mean, think about it. Okay. Good. Good. Good, it's a good number. I don't know what that number is. I didn't count it, but it looks good. But there are a lot of encounters, God encounters in Scripture. You know, we see it all the way from, from Genesis through Revelation. Some of them very dramatic and nation-changing. Uh, some very quiet, uh, like uh, Samuel having his, his name spoken to him in the nighttime, and he, he, he doesn't recognize it because it's in a normal setting, and he goes to Eli, the, the priest, and you know, says, what do you want? When it was God that was calling, but it was a very quiet kind of situation. Angelic visitations that set futures, like Mary's visitation by the angel, establishing her as the mother of the Messiah. Visions that challenged uh, mindsets, like Peter receiving, seeing this, this uh, sheet come down, and all the things that he, he's always known all his life, he's not to eat, and yet being told by the Lord to eat it. Something shifting in his mind through that encounter, very dramatic encounter. Saul knocked off his donkey onto his, on the ground, knocked onto the ground. And it totally changed, you know, everything in his life, including his identity. Sometimes, in the, as you read through the scripture, sometimes they catch the moment. And things happen. And sometimes they don't catch the moment. Like when Jesus went to the synagogue and he began to declare out of Isaiah, I am the anointed one who has come to give sight to the blind, to set 
the captive free to establish the year of Jubilee. And he gives them all of that. And then he says to them, this day, right now, this moment, this is being fulfilled because I'm here. A very significant moment, very significant encounter. And they missed it. Said, no, that's, that's just Joseph's son. That's just Joseph's son. And so they missed their moment. And we're going to learn a lot by, by going through the various encounters in Scripture. And they're important for us because as we read them, we learn things about what encounter looks like, what it could be in our life. But I want to talk about us this morning. You and me. Our encounters with God and what those things mean. And, and you know, are there God encounters today? Some of you raised your hand and said, yeah. I've had a God encounter. But I would like to propose that every single day God encounters us. Significantly encounters us every day. And most of the time, we miss the moment. Most of the time, we don't recognize what's going on. Most of the time, we don't grasp it or understand what God's doing in that moment. Most of the time. Because he is encountering us every single day. To encounter means to come upon or meet with usually unexpected. To come upon or meet with usually unexpected. So what what does an encounter look like? Well, it can look like everything from a thought. Because the majority of of heaven's instructions come in the form of a thought. And we have a thought. And we think we're so smart it was our thought. Come on. Or it can be an audible voice. How many of you in the room have heard it? Audible voice of the Lord, I have. Not often. Or can you, you know, you, you, you just hear it in your spirit. You hear it in your mind. Anybody around you is not going to hear it because it was not outside of in our interior. But it's real, right? You hear it. You hear it. It can simply be the peace that comes on you in the middle of conflict. God is encountering you in that moment. He's giving you peace. Or it's a sense of comfort in a time of crisis or, or a time of loss. That is God encountering you in that moment. It could be a fresh revelation of Scripture. You read a Scripture and wow, it all, all of a sudden opens up to you. You recognize something you didn't see before. You have a revelation of that. And again, you think you're smart enough to have figured that out. But it was a God encounter in that moment. It's a, it can be an angelic visitation. I cannot say that I've actually had an angelic visitation where an angel spoke with me. But I know that there are angels in the room right now. And they're on assignment. They're not here wasting their time. They're on assignment in their room right now. It's another way he... There's open vision. Or a vision we imagine. It's in our imagination. God gives us a vision. Again, you're not actually seeing it happen here, but you're seeing it happen inside internally. It's a God encounter. Prophetic word. Somebody gives you, right? That's, that's not just somebody wanting to be kind. It's a prophetic word. It's a word from the Lord. He's encountering your space in that moment. It could be a dream. By the way, we have dream interpretation this morning. I encourage you, if you have some dreams that keep lingering, to go get those interpreted. Very important. A conviction about something in our life. And, and it typically touches our emotions or even touches our intellect. 
We feel it. We sense it. We, we become atmospherically aware of it. Am, am I yeah. all right? Okay. You guys, you guys with me? All right. Uh, It's something we know in our knower. We suddenly know something. That's a God encounter. Or a sudden courage that comes on us. Or an understanding that dawns on us in a moment. God is intercepting our world. And he's encountering us. He's coming upon or meeting with us in that moment. It's when we get a solution to a, or a strategy to a problem. Again, we think we figured it out. <laughs> it's a word of a friend or a conversation. How many times have you been in a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden you realize something? Something dawns on you. And they may have said it, they may not have said it. What's happening in this room right now is the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, saying things that I'm not even saying. You'll walk out of here and say... Man, Dave had a good word this morning. And it wasn't anything I said. I just talk until he says something. That's all I do. In the telling of a story. Go to a movie. And you suddenly are impacted. One of the most impactful conversations I've had with the Lord was in the movie August Rush. I watched that. I couldn't leave the auditorium. I sat in the chair and wept during all the credits. I'm the only one in the auditorium. My wife left me there in the auditorium by myself. She did. It's true. I had Sozo over it, and it's almost, I'm almost got to figure it out. And I, I just wept. I couldn't, I couldn't leave the place because God was revealing himself. That young man was listening for a sound. That's what we do, isn't it? The sound of the Lord. And we follow that sound no matter where it takes us. Crazy thing. A news article that you read in a magazine or in a newspaper or you pick up something and it, and it just strikes you in a, in a way that Everybody around you is going, what, what's, so, what's so valuable about this? Well, God is encountering you. He's revealing something. We see it, obviously, in a healing, in a miracle, in signs and wonders. God encounters us in those things. And it, it's even when, when a need pops up in front of you for somebody. Somebody has need of something. There's a need that suddenly you recognize and, and you realize you can do something about it. That's a God encounter. So here, let me ask this question again to you this morning. Who has had a significant God encounter in the last two weeks? Come on, more hands should be up, right? You are having them, you just don't know you're having them. Because we have not become aware of what God does and how he does it. So what I want to talk about is is becoming aware. What does it look like? How do we go about it? All the times, all of these things we talked about are encounters in our world, and we need to grasp them and steward those encounters so that we mine the wealth and the treasure that's in all of those. Yes. Yes. In this house, our expectation is people, whoever walks into, this, into these doors, through these doors, will have an encounter with God. Yes. We'll have an ex, a, a significant moment when things will shift for them. 
They will hear God in the worship. They will hear him through the message. They will hear him in the announcements. In, in any way possible, they will hear from God. There will be a moment in the time here. Even if they just walk into this place, it'll be in the interaction with other people that God is encountering us in this very moment. And we also have an expectation that as people of God, wherever we go, we carry an atmosphere that God will encounter the people around us, no matter where we are or what we're doing, right? Sitting in a taxi, talking to the taxi driver, Home Depot, yeah, Walmart, anywhere you go, people around us can have significant God encounters because of who we carry, who is in us. You guys are scaring me this morning. I mean, we're salt and light, right? Those are influencers. Those are things that make a difference when they're applied. So as we walk through our world, we should have this sense that this, I'm going to use a a word that's probably not, aura, this atmosphere around us that as we get closer, it bumps into people and it moves with us. Boom, boom, boom. And they're getting God encounters because of the God that's in us. It's Peter walking through in the shadow, heals people. And maybe we're not seeing people healed, but people are being significantly encountered. I was, in a, I was in a lift yesterday. And the driver, he, he just had something about him. I said, you a Christian? He's from Nigeria. He said, yes, I am. He said, I thought so. <laughs> what was it? And we started chatting. He was a part of this church many years ago, and I dedicated his two daughters. Daughters are now teenagers. That was kind of fun. He said, I, he said it's funny. He said, you, said, you prophesied over him. I remember the prophecy. The one daughter, you said, he shall have the heart of God. He said, you are so right. She is just this precious heart of God girl. And the other one said, you would, she would seek the face of God. That one we're still praying for. <laughs> we... We look for, we anticipate, we expect God encounters in this house and in our lives. Hmm. And we don't do that because we, we just want to or because we say so, but because he said so. In John chapter 16, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will speak to you. He will encounter you. He will reveal Jesus to you. He will declare truth to you. He will convict you. All of those things, he's encountering us. That's why he's here. Acts chapter 2, it says, old men will dream dreams. Young men will have visions. Men and women shall prophesy. You know, what's, you know what the miracle of the old men dreaming dreams is? Most of us can't sleep, so they dream anyway. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, most of those old men. But let me suggest this. That God encounters our God. Oh, my. Lord, I just had an encounter of the time kind. Oh, Jesus, help me. Let me suggest that a God encounters are God invitations. They're an invitation to a journey with the Holy Spirit. 
to know him more, to know ourselves more, and to know what we're supposed to do about our world around us. It's a journey of discovery. So I said all that to say this, an encounter, listen to this. I heard this. It's not, it's not original with me, but I'm, I've been exploring it. An encounter leads to a testimony. The testimony leads to a prophecy. And the prophecy leads to a weapon we can fight with. Okay, let me, I, here's, here's what I, so I, an encounter leads to a testimony. Each encounter we have testifies to something, right? It witnesses to something. The testimony leads to prophecy. Revelation 19.10, the, de- the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So the testimony declares or prophesies something. Then the prophecy leads to a weapon we can fight with. 1 Timothy 1.18, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. What's a good warfare? The one we win, Right? Okay. So here's what I want to do. I'm, I, I really am going to try to do this quickly, but um, no guarantee. I want to, I, I want to share three, three encounters, some of them you've heard, heard before, but I want, I want you to see them in the light of an encounter leads to a testimony, a testimony leads to a prophecy, a prophecy leads to a weapon. That we can fight with. Okay. So last week, Ryan, Ryan shared a vision he'd had. How many years ago, Ryan? 26 years. 26 years ago. But he's just now really seeing the full application of that, that prophetic word. He saw, he saw a valley, saw the valley, knowing it was this valley and knowing it, it had to do with this valley and this church. Uh, and it had some fruit in it, had some fruit trees scattered around and that kind of thing. And then, there, then this fertilizer came in and, and fertilized the entire valley, just f- covered the entire valley. After that, the flood came, dam broke, water poured throughout the valley. And then after that, then there was fruit trees were as close together, fill, absolutely filling the valley. So his sense of what that meant was that the valley had fruit in it. But renewal was the fertilizer that came along and fertilized the ground and began to prepare the ground for an even bigger time of fruitfulness. And then the, the water that was the move of God that is coming, that is, in, is, is already here, it's beginning to move through our valley. And as it moves through the valley, it will produce an even greater level of fruitfulness. Yeah, it's wonderful, right? So let's, let's, go, let's go through this. Let's process it for a moment. What's the testimony? What does it testify to? One, it testifies that God has a plan. God's not out there trying to figure out what to do. He has a plan that he set, it, that he set in place for this valley. He's the God of the universe that actually has a plan for us. I mean, I like it. <laughs> that he has value for this valley. We're not just some insignificant little place. He has his eyes upon us. He has his focus upon us. He's looking at us. And he's designed a plan specifically for this valley. It testifies to his, his eyes on us. Testifies that 
We have been in and continue to be in a God-ordained process. So what does that testimony prophesy? Well, it prophesies a harvest so large we can't contain it. Right? It prophesies that this is what's going to happen. So what's the weapon? What, how, do, how do we now war with that? Well, God has declared it so we can believe it even when it looks opposite of what he's promised. So the weapon allows us to stand in the time when it doesn't look like it's happening and yet say, God has said. God has said. It's a weapon of our warfare. And there is warfare. You know, a weapon of our warfare, it sounds really good, doesn't it? Love the weapon. Big old sword. Big old AK-152. But it's there because we have... Come on, warfare. Come on, guys. Wake up. It's because we have warfare. So he gives us this, he gives us this prophetic word. And Ryan speaks it in the time of the Lord over this house last week. And now we can stand in that time of the Lord and declare it to be true over this entire valley. So I'm going to move, I'm going to move quickly here. So that's, that's what we can do. That's, here's another one. Deb and I, when, uh, when the Lord called us to build this building, we didn't want to do it because we have seen so many churches and pastors who will go through a building project and the next, the next year they leave because they're so wore out. And, that, and there's been so much manipulation and control to get it all done. And that it just, it, it doesn't, it's not healthy. And we said, we, we don't want to do that. But the Lord really called us to do it and we, we took the effort to do that. We said we needed a million dollars before we would even begin. Felt that was a call of the Lord on us. And we were in, uh, we were in Pensacola, Florida, and um, our heart's desire was, Lord, we want to build something that cannot, you cannot find the, ma- the fingerprints of man's manipulation on it. That was our heart's desire. We don't want to do it. We don't want to build it. Otherwise, you either build it or, or and we'll, we'll cooperate, but we won't, we won't manipulate. We won't try to control it. And uh, there's, there's a lot to the story, and some of you are tired of hearing me tell anything about that story, but I want you to know something, that it has powerful impact around the world. And uh, so we were, we're in a hotel room, and we were going to go visit a prophet. This is the first time we'd ever done anything like this. Somebody opened up a door for us to go visit a, a very well-known prophet in, in the nation at the time. And we were going to go do that, so we were getting ready to do that. I got a call from a man who was giving us $600,000 the next day. And I didn't know it until that moment. And it would give us a million dollars, move us from $400 in the bank to $600, a million dollars in the bank within one day. And we were pretty excited about that. You know, it was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And so we were excited. But on the way to, to, to visit this prophet, we were saying to each other, is it really possible? It was becoming more of a statement than a, you know, a question. But is it really possible that God could do this? That God could really do this without us manipulating it and making it happen? We get, to the, we get to the place of the prophet, and before he even begins to prophesy over, he says, you have said, and he begins to say exactly what we just said. That was even before he started the prophecy over us. And then out of that, he began to prophesy. That was a God encounter. You can imagine what we're thinking in that moment. Whoa, we just said that. And he just said that. So what does that testify to? Well, 
It testifies that, we, that he, heard, he, heard, he hears us. He heard, you know, I'm going to draw a few things out of each of these things, uh, and you'll see how it all ties together. He hears our cry. He cares about what we care about. Amen. It testifies that, just, that what just happened with this man giving us $600,000 wasn't just because he was a generous man, but because it was the plan of God. That God was in the middle of this thing. And it, it testified that we're, we were involved in something bigger than ourselves. Oh, my goodness, did we feel like this little tiny thing in this great big picture in that moment. Not insignificant, but just, wow, God's doing something powerful. It testified to that. So that, testif- that testimony, what does it prophesy? One, it pro- prophesied to us that he's going to finish what he started. He called us to it. He's going to finish it no matter what opposition comes our way. That, that part of the purpose of that would be to testify that God could do this this way. That there was a way that God could do it without man manipulating it and making it happen. Certainly we cooperate with him in those things. But it also prophesied that the size of this building was not our intention but his. So what, how, does that, how does that help us fight? What weapons does that put in our hands? Well, we get to war against doubt we get to war against the negative circumstances. And there was a point in the building of this building when the money ran out. And we didn't know how we were going to get to move forward. So Deb and, my, and myself and our oldest son, Jeremy, walked into this building with just sheetrock on the floor, stacked up. We got up on the stack, stacks of sheetrock. I stood up in that opening there in the back of the, of the auditorium, and we began to declare the words. We began to prophesy what we heard that day. And we prophesied it into this building over and over and over and over again. So what was the weapon? That was the weapon, wasn't it? We could war against doubt and negative circumstances. When the money ran out, we were there. God, God fulfilled his promise and, and we have the building. And now we can look at that same word still. It still has life over this building. It still has life over it. Now we can war against the circumstances of loss and lack and empty seats. Because he has said. He has said. We have so many prophetic words. We could just say, he has said. So it's an encounter that brings a testimony. It's a testimony that brings a prophecy. It's a prophecy that we can now war with and continue to war with. Now, this third one, real quickly. I've shared this with you, but I'm going to share it with you because I think it makes this a lot more personal to you and me. Uh, I was on a, a plane coming back from the Philippines, and uh, I most often when I was traveling interla- internationally, I was traveling by myself. So I was very used to being on a plane, not knowing anybody around me. But on this particular day, I had this just absolute contentment and sense of thankfulness that, that I had somebody traveling with me. And it was so real that I thought the person was sitting in the seat across the aisle. And then I, I got up to uh, go use the restroom and walk around and do a little exercises about five hours into the flight probably. And I realized, wait a minute, I came by myself. But it was so real that somebody was there. I sat back down in my seat and I said, God, what is this? He said, it's me. It's me. I just want you to know that I never leave you, I never forsake you. And you're on a mission. 
And it was an amazing moment. We, you know, we just shared some time together, fellowship together over the next few hours. Probably the best flight I've ever had. It's me. So what did, what did that testify of? First of all, he knows me. He knows me. When God gives you a, a God moment, a God encounter, one of the primary things he's saying to you is, I know you. You're not some speck in the universe. I know you personally. He values me. I I had a sense of value. What's one of the greatest values you can give somebody? Time. Right? To be present with him. The greatest present is to be present. Is to be present with somebody. And he he was willing to come and spend time with me. Revealing himself to me. Because he valued me. Do you understand when God encounters you, even in the simple way where you read scripture and suddenly it, it comes to life to you, he's encountering you and saying, you have value to me. I, I want you to understand this because you have value to me. He loves me. He even likes hanging out with me. I felt the pleasure of the Lord. I love the old movie, Chariots of Fire. You may have never, never watched it. Maybe you did. But the man there was, was it's a real character, a real person. Uh, he ran in the Olympics in the 1930s. And then he went on to China to be a missionary. And his sister didn't think he should be running races. He should be preparing for his time in China. And he said to her a lot of things. But one of the things that stuck with me all these years, he said, when I run, I feel the pleasure of the Lord. A lot of times he just, he just wants us to know his pleasure in us when he encounters us. What else did it testify? One for me, it was he, he had sent me. I'd been anointed to do what I was doing. I had purpose in this world. Now think about this. Every God encounters an affirm, affirmation of your value, his love, and his call upon your life. Every one of those. No matter how small or how big they are. You might not have an angelic visitation, but the peace of the Lord dropped in your heart in that conflict. And you go, oh, he's telling me he loves me. He's telling me he values me. He's telling, telling me he knows me. He's not, he's not ignorant of what I'm going through right now. Are you hearing me? So what did this testimony prophesy? One is that wherever I am, he's there. It prophesies that if I walk into a room of conflict, I'm not coming by myself to resolve that conflict. I'm coming with the Prince of Peace who can resolve that conflict. I can walk into the boardroom of the biggest corporation in the nation and not be intimidated because I have him there with me. You can walk into a situation you think, I have no solution for this. I have no way of figuring this out. But you're not by yourself. You have him with you. And the one who knows it all is right there. Wherever he is, everything he is is present and available. So what's the weapon? Well, I just, just talked about it, didn't I? We can fight intimidation. We can fight negativity and opposition. In every situation, doesn't matter where you are, you are not alone. 
Jesus said, Jesus said it, in this world you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer. Laugh heartily. For I've overcome the world. And he said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. So the overcomer of the world is with us in every situation. I, I, I've become so aware since that encounter that when I'm sitting at a table having coffee with somebody, I'm not alone. We're not alone. He's there. He's there. Sometimes people share things with me. I go, oh, I'm inside. I'm going, I, 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 I don't know how to respond to this. But he's here. He's here. Do we, do we really grasp that? That in this room right now, he's here and he's not just observing, he's participating with us. The awareness of his presence has become so real to me. It, gives me, it not only gives me courage to fight for the things I need to fight for, but it helps me know that I can fight for others too. You know? No matter what the challenge God leads us into, He's not sending us there alone. You're on assignment everywhere you go. And the one who put you on that assignment is there with you. Every encounter leads to a testimony. Every testimony leads to a prophecy. And every prophecy will give you a weapon to go to war, go to battle, and win. So it's like God awakened us to encounters. Let me tell you very quickly how to do that. One, expect them. Expect them every day. Every day. Wake up every morning saying, God's going to encounter me today. And then anticipate them. That means you simply set your heart and and you pray for eyes to see and ears to hear so that you recognize them when they come. You getting this? And then mine the treasure that's in them. Not just say, oh, that was a good thing. That was a fun thing. That was a, that was a nice moment. God doesn't give you a moment just to have you feel like you had a nice moment. He gives you a moment because he wants to take you on a journey to discover him once again. Discover his goodness, his, his majesty. And discover yourself too in the process. So stand with me. So let's just, let's just take a minute to invite the Lord to encounter us. Yes. It can be this moment or it can be as you, as you go home. It can be, it'll be sometime today. He's encountering you every day. But to just pray for eyes to see what he's doing. We get so wrapped up in what he's not yet doing or what we don't see him doing. Right? Frustration is most often what comes because we're not understanding what God's doing in the moment. God, why haven't you done? Well, he's in the background working all the time. All the time. So let's pray for our eyes. Let's pray for our ears. Can we do that? That we would see what God is doing and to recognize those God moments when he's interjecting, in, in, just coming into our world in a fresh way, and he wants, he wants to show us something. He wants to reveal himself. He wants to expose himself to you. Fresh way. 
So put your hands on your eyes. Lord, we thank you that you have given us not only natural sight, you've given us spiritual. By the way, as you have your hands on your eyes, we were in a meeting uh, in a school um, in Minneapolis, outside of Minneapolis, outside of Minneapolis a few years ago. And we were praying this prayer. And we had a bunch of, we had one woman who began to scream. Come to find out, she had taken off her glasses in order to pray, to put her hands on her eyes to pray for spiritual sight. When she took her hands off of her eyes, she opened her eyes and she no longer needed her glasses. She had not only received spiritual sight, she received physical healing in her eyes. So don't, listen, we want, need to start expecting some things, right? Raise our elevation, raise the elevation, raise the elevation, go higher in your expectation of what God can do. So as you put your hands, put your hands on your eyes, God, we thank you that you have given us natural sight, but you've also promised us spiritual insight and spiritual ability to see into the spirit world, to see what you're doing in, in this world and in our lives. And Lord, we pray, open our eyes daily to see what you're doing, to recognize the, the impartation you're trying to give us, to recognize the revelation you're trying to give us, to open us up to see, even in the chaos of our world, the encounters you want to give us personally that will affect us, our family, our homes, our workplaces. Give us eyes to see. Put your hands on your ears. Lord, open our ears to hear. And I do pray for physical hearing in some. Right now, in the name of Jesus, you bring absolute healing. That people who are having difficult hearing in the natural, the very fact that you have compassion upon them and bring healing to their ears will also open their spiritual ears. We command healing in the name of Jesus over those ears. And Lord, we thank you for the spiritual ears to hear your whisper in the time when chaos is so loud and the voices of the world are so loud and the voices of the people around us are so loud. But in that time, I can hear your still small voice declaring who you are and who I am. So we ask you clear out our ears. Take the wax of the world and clean us out to hear you clearly. To be caught off guard (laughs) with fresh encounters. Lord, we ask for the angelic visitations. We ask for the signs, wonders, and miracles because your word says we can have them. We ask for supernatural use of your gifts in the world around us. All of those things that that seem to call our attention. But Lord, even more, we, we just ask for the still small voice that absolutely changes everything when we hear it clearly. So we just say, God, you encounter us the way you want to encounter us. We open up our heart for you. We not only expect you, Father, we anticipate, we move to the place where we can be available for your encounters into our life. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Just tell him how much you love him. Just tell him how much you love him. Because he certainly loves you. His compassion on you. 
your situation. So, Jesus, let's start. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. that is really our heart. Because the only reason we want encounters is to know you more. You are why we look, why we anticipate. Give us wisdom as we encounter you and you encounter us to understand its meaning. Lord, that we would not be like Jerusalem that you would have to weep over because we did not understand the, the day of our visitation. Let us be sensitive to it and know it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now put a hand on your heart. But grant us a pure heart, a heart that will respond what the word tells us to respond to what your call is upon our life amen amen so there is uh, dream interpretation don't ignore those dreams that keep coming seem significant they have purpose meaning this is part of stewarding an encounter so they'll help you understand what, what the Lord is trying to say in those dreams so a dream interpretation team if you'll go on over there any ministry team that's available down here uh, to just pray with you. God bless you. Love you so much. Thanks for your patience with me this morning. You have a great, great day. Uh, lunch is available over in the other room if you want to join us. And if you forgot to bring your own food, there'll be food there for you. God bless you.